Welcome to another episode of the Garantha Investigations uh, series, where we talk to members of the tribe who recently joined the God Learner Studies. The God Learner podcast wants to investigate how people comparatively new to Garantha experience the world. What are the rewards? What are the hurdles when approaching the system? So please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Josh Dixon, but most people call me Skull, uh, Skull Dixon. I'm actually very Googleable by that name as well. And at this point, only my parents call me Josh. They don't call you Skull? I'm surprised. Yeah, they're they're weird. <laughs> and I should get myself a new first name also. Actually, Ludovic is pretty good because it's it's not very common. So I think you have a pretty good name. But yeah, um, I'm a professional artist and animator. Uh, I create RPG game content as well. And I've been a almost always GM for... 16 years. Ooh. Well. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you start playing uh, RPGs? I want to say it was probably back in... I got into it in, I think, 98. Uh, my friend Ralphie would come to our science class every day for a week and tell me about his this fight that his drunk dwarf got into. Um, Ralphie was a pothead, so he may have forgotten that he told me this story already. <laughs> <laughs> but it was enough times that I was like, all right, I'll, I'll come over and check out, you know, what you guys are doing. Another friend of mine uh, was writing the games and he had me and some other friend of ours uh, make up two characters for a uh, Plinium Fantasy game. And we did a little solo thing and then we got inserted into the uh, regular campaign after that. Um, and it's uh, been a ongoing um, <laughs> passion and hobby for me since. So if it, if it was a drunken dwarf, was it Warhammer? Um, no, I think it was. I think they were playing Palladium at the time. Oh, uh, wow! Because okay. they, they do have dwarves oh. in in uh, Palladium Fantasy. So Palladium is, has quite the range of things you can play. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you How did you uh, come across Glorantha? Uh You know, I actually had to rack my brain uh, earlier today to to remember exactly when the first time I encountered it was. And the best I could figure, it was uh, somewhere between March and April of 2020. I used to be pretty active in the OSR Discord. And during one of the conversations with some of the people on there, uh, they're like talking up uh, RuneQuest, the system at the time. And, and of course, as you're talking about that, Garantha comes up. And some of the few bits of stuff that came up in that conversation kind of interested me. So I uh, started digging in from that point. Um, and I believe I downloaded the quick starter just to get like, um, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, a quick little glance at like the, the rule set and the setting itself. What, what was it that interested you in what they were talking about? Um, uh, that I don't actually remember. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think what because uh, I ended up in a lot of conversations where we talk about uh, game mechanics because I yeah. really enjoy playing a lot of different game systems, particularly ones that uh, that are mechanisms that aren't anything like Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Uh, anything that doesn't have AC and spell and forget and any of that or stuff, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to dig in and <laughs> check <Yeah>. it out. <laughs> And I, uh, honestly, I think part of it was the fact that there was some similarities between 
request uh, based on what they're telling me and Palladium Fancy. You know, the fact that it's a D100 system mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that you actively uh, attack and defend during combat uh, okay. instead of being like a static number or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I think it was that stuff. But I mean, this is well over a year ago. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and what about the setting? Uh, the setting itself. Oh, man. I think uh, so. One of the things I really like about the setting is the fact that the mythology is more like real world mythology. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have pantheons that are interconnected but like very different from each other but then they're not all their lore their mythology or whatever isn't clean cut and in a box essentially so there's a lot of contradictions uh, between them and within each one and i really like that um it it gives you a lot of ability to interpret the information that the game's giving you uh, the settings giving you uh, in order to play and uh, i and it allows you to be like really creative about it at that point. And uh, I mean, as you guys always say, you know, your Garantha may vary. So, <laughs> uh, so that's one of those things that that really stuck out to me. Um, I also really like game systems where uh, the focus isn't heavily on combat, uh, particularly games where maybe it's the dumbest move that you can make is to just go attack the thing. I mean, in, in the rune quest, paradoxically enough, combat may be a dumb move because the rule focuses so much on it. So because the, the combat rules are so crunchy, it makes it Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and I, I will say I have a, a very um, different idea of what crunchy is from most people. Oh, yeah? <laughs> please, uh, please elaborate. So I feel like uh, role-playing... And Garantha, as far as RuneQuest goes, is only a, a bit of a step up from 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. The book looks intimidating because it's so huge. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike, you know, say the 5e core book, it's it's giving you lore and mechanics. So that's why it's that big. Uh, mm -hmm. But if, if you don't dig in, you don't really see that. But I have played other games that are way more... Or can be way more crunchy, such as Rollmaster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so my scale, as far as crunchy, is is a little larger than most people's. <laughs> Rollmaster was uh, was one of my, uh, I think, one of the few first games I played actually. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and I I, uh, I still play it occasionally whenever oh, my yeah, one nice. friend. It's it's my one friend's. Uh, go-to game system it's the only thing he'll run is roll master wow. second yeah. edition well if somebody has france it doesn't look crunchy at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i told him this i i love playing it but i would never run this <laughs> and he's like i i can understand that uh but he's been running it for like 20 plus years so wow. yeah do <laughs> you know to to roll master's defense um, mm -hmm. combat is actually not too doesn't take much longer than our no it, it doesn't it might actually be shorter than rune quest because you just roll on that your weapon table and there you have the result right so uh, yeah. yeah yeah i guess so yeah. yeah so so to get back to the question though <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah 
before we get too off course, one of the other things I really like about Grantha is that it is a non-standard high fantasy setting. Uh, and this was especially important to me when when looking for my next game that I was going to run uh, because uh, my last game was placed in what I refer to as everything in the kitchen sink uh, of a <laughs> setting called Faerun. And I wanted our um, our game group's next game to to not be a vanilla setting, as it were, uh, standard standard fantasy. So, and Grant Grantha basically is as opposed to what you would expect in a fantasy setting, I guess, as far as um, the way it's set up and the kind of the interesting lore and locations that you'll find. The other thing uh, I like about Grantha is that it is uh, sword and sandals without being, you know, we're playing Romans and Greeks, which is nice. And uh, it's a world of magic where that fact is bleeding out the edges of the setting. <laughs> uh, it's where the where it's so common that the most common member of society at least knows one spell, you know. That that's always kind of bothered me with other high fantasy settings is that there's just a class of people who know magic, but magic's super common. And then, but then farmers are also expected to be afraid of magic, even though it's common. It, it's it's just kind of weird to me. I think the uh, uh, the gods through the cults uh, and the fact that they have tangible effects on society and culture. And the world, uh, the fact that the world itself doesn't look or really act like Earth itself. Uh, Earth is really cool. Uh, you know, that that snow globe sphere with the lossage sitting in water and the the leap of faith that you have to take uh, to think about the fact that so under the ground is the underworld and it's somewhat of a spiritual but yet not. <laughs> Um, and I just like explaining to my players that as as Yelm the sun rotates and, and shifts downward into a volcano and the sun and in the darkness descends. You know, I just like the the imagery of that. My players had had me repeat that at least once the first time. They're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, game has or the setting still has some familiar faces you know the the standard fantasy races but there's nothing standard about them which is uh which is kind of always nice to see uh it, it keeps the players from like falling into that kind of uh well-worn path of like oh we know what elves are like you know because they're not tolkien elves <laughs> and uh and they're kind of f fantastic for their own reasons uh, and then, of course, with that comes along the fact that none of the races are really cleanly labeled as good or evil by the setting and the rules. And that's another nice thing about this about Glorantha is the fact that nothing's really labeled that way, you know, because it's not a clean cut everything in, in its box type setting. Yeah, the, I think I think Glorantha definitely on purpose took a lot of the the tropes of fantasy worlds and kind of try to make them more you know whimsical or more original or more mythical mm. and sometimes all three well the story i heard 
Oh, go ahead, Jorg. Yeah, um, I won't, uh, want to disagree strongly because uh, Greg only became aware of Lord of Rings after he started writing about Grantham. Yeah, that's that's what I had heard. So I I was extremely fascinated by the fact that the setting got started being written back in the '60s before the possibility of role playing games, and and the fact that the story I heard, like Greg Stafford hadn't even known there was a fantasy genre until yep. his late twenties or something like that. Like, and they just read mythology as if that was the fantasy genre. And so, um, when I introduce people to this, I always explain that, that Greg Stafford basically was reading the same source material that Tolkien was reading, but they, they both interpreted those things into two different directions. And I, that is just astounding and amazing and and something i think is pretty rare to come by at this point yeah i mean a few a few other things like you know ducks and dream dragons and stuff like that they showed up after uh, yeah uh when um when they're like making the board game or uh, starting to develop the first first edition yeah um and i i I like ducks i like the idea of ducks um (laughs) Yeah, well, obviously. We, we know you've been drawing them a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I mean, we, we've been. Uh, if if people are uh, following the uh, our newsletter, the Journal of Runic Studies, we've we've been linking to your stuff a couple times, uh, and it's great stuff. I mean, yeah, keep keep drawing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, I do plan to do something as far as uh, the Johnstown Compendium with those ducks. So yeah, cool. Um, maybe in. A, month you'll hear something about it yeah uh i have like i think five more ducks to make so we'll we'll see what happens i like the chaos chaos ducks yeah yeah i i really like those (laughs) yeah yeah and i i like the story about that one too where it's just greg asked friends the name yeah. locations on a map and then there's some joke about duckburg and it's spun mm-hmm. out into this whole thing that's amazing yeah and i know some people want to run them and play them as jokes but i i actually really like the idea of playing it serious yeah that's um yeah yeah uh every comedian needs a straight man so why not make it the duck <laughs> any things you don't like about uh, the setting that much I mean, other than lunars, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> <laughs> do you in the world don't like the lunars, or do you actually not like the lunars? Yeah, honestly, I, I I still have to read up on a lot of the lunar stuff in general. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I'm just a little biased or something, but uh, <laughs> my my yes. game doesn't involve them quite yet, and so I just oh, yeah? keep putting it off because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> there's so much lore to read up on that may actually be important and yeah. uh, not not that their lore isn't it's, it just hasn't come up yet there's a lot of lore to digest yeah 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 so i've only scraped the edges of that one so so far uh as a person standing on a hill and seeing uh what they have done and what they're planning on doing from a distance I kind of don't like them as a general role just because I don't like groups that try to convert people uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry, illuminate them to their yeah. to their savage ways and make them civilized with their illumination. 
there's a lot of coded wording in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so uh, I think that's mostly what, what bugs me about them. <laughs> and also and also they're making you pay taxes. So, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I mean, if it goes to something that benefits me, I don't really care. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that that I could benefit from potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you talked about the body of law. I think you already took a, quite a deep dive. But uh, there is, of course, still a mountain of law standing before you. So how do you handle that? Um, slowly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the lore, I I started very slow. I had been running a 5e D&D game back in 2020 that I had planned to finish first campaign in in forever that i ever finished as a gm um i i didn't want it to burn out <laughs> no matter the fact that after running D- 5e for three years i hated it <laughs> so i i was already like months beforehand looking for the next game we're gonna play when this conversation happened and i got introduced to garantha and so i you know i got the rule book and then i also got uh on pdf and i also got the uh, source book on pdf and started reading up on that stuff uh and kind of diving into it just filling out the edges as it were Mm -hmm. and um just enough to give my players an idea of what this game was because i don't want to force them to play though you know a lot of them came along anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh and and I, I think I just do this with most games. It's it's one of those things where as you're learning a game, you do it slowly, like uh, and you do it as a team uh, if you have a good game group too. So I know more than my players do for the most part at this still at this point, and we've been playing for over a year. But uh, you know, I just keep reading stuff uh, either online or or in the source book or some of the other books. Uh, and just um, you know, build up that that knowledge as I go along. But I think uh, this gets to uh, a daunting thing that a lot of new players run into, which is that there's so much lore it can be intimidating. And I want to just say that the core book has everything you need to start the game, including lore. Yeah. You don't need to do a deep dive to start a game. Yeah. It's between you and your friends if you ever have to retcon anything that you made a mistake on as far as lore goes. And other than that, like the the whale of Delith, I forget how to pronounce that. Delith, Delith, yeah. Uh, The whale of Delith is a a great source for pulling bits and pieces of the lore out or looking up stuff that you saw in like an adventure book or, or just mentioned in the core book. And getting mm-hmm. a little bit more detail yeah. about so so between that uh, that website uh, the core book and then the source book I think I think a GM is pretty well set as yeah. far as slowly soaking in the lore mm-hmm. uh, at a pace that they're comfortable with and and so uh, that's how I've been been doing it uh, I've been doing it very slowly and mm, at least once or every other game session. I will 
thematically or have a NPC or, or, or something going on in the game where a little bit of that lore gets trinkled in to the players so that they can learn it through the experience of playing. Yeah. You know, you know, I will mention during a situation that they're encountering, you know, like if they're encountering a, a troll for the first time, I'll mention things that I think a common or lanthy person would know or yeah. think about a troll, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, creatures of darkness, uh, they are known for eating anything mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and have been known to eat their own kind. But at the same time, because one of my players asked this directly after I mentioned all that, uh, he's like, oh, so humans hate them. I was like, no, I mean, yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> it's <both, yeah. laughs> a complicated relationship. Yeah. yeah. Like everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not that you hate them. It's just sometimes you guys have conflicts. Yeah. Did you actually have um, an easy or hard time selling either RuneQuest or Glorantha or both of your players or they trust you, they run whatever you want? Um, I don't think they'll let me run anything I want, but (laughs) (laughs) um, they do trust me and uh, they know I have particular tastes in in role-playing games uh, Mm -hmm. because I'm very uh, vocal about my opinions. (laughs) And uh, and, and sometimes that doesn't come across very well online, but I try. (laughs) But uh, I I did just make it an option, you know. I I wrote up a, a synopsis, okay, of, of what this game setting was, yeah. and then highlighted some of the aspects of it that I I actually really liked, like the fact there's no classes, no yeah. levels, uh, a unique way, in my opinion, uh, to gaining experience over the course yeah. of an adventure that that more quickly than leveling evolves your character over time, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which I really like. And the fact that, you know, I, I dropped in there that, you know, you guys like Skyrim. Uh, this helped inspired it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, one, my one friend, he wants to play, but he's just like, let me know when you let people start playing uh, not humans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I, I play a human every day. I don't want to play one in a game. <laughs> if I can help it. I was like, all right. Well, it's not going to be for a bit. <laughs> no ducks yet? Not yet. They they had an NPC duck for a bit. That was their guide uh, to the smoking ruins and back. They actually paid him extra since he was a hummucky, uh, <laughs> since he was a sword, uh, yeah. to go in with them. Oh, nice. uh, though his special ability there is completely useless. <laughs> like, oh, I detect undead all the time, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here. Can you talk to us about your game? I think. Yeah, I mean, you you're talking about it on your blog with your uh, your very helpful reviews. So it sounds like you're basically going through the published stuff in order with the game master screen adventures and then smoking ruin and all that. Yeah. Um, a combination of finishing up that one campaign and working a lot and doing two Kickstarters in 2020 as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And the pandemic, uh, I I had a bit of a creative burnout or, mm-hmm. or like the, the smoke of a creative burnout starting. Right. Yeah. And so with this next game, 
with RuneQuest when we started up, I wanted to do something I hadn't really ever done before, which is just to run the adventures that are published yeah. uh, as they as they are published mm-hmm. in order uh, the way you know a campaign would. I guess a lot of people run campaigns. I don't know. Yeah. I've never done that before. <laughs> wow. So it's a new experience for me. Uh, it does save me some, some creative energy to do other stuff. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's why we started within Apple Lane because, you know, there's this perfect starter location uh, in the um, Game Master adventure book that comes with the GM screen, which, honestly, one of the best gm screen packages i have ever seen yeah. top notch like chaosium's just knocking it out of the park these yeah, days yeah. yeah i mean that's one and the and the call of cthulhu ones are um are yeah basically and, similar and they're very good yeah and just being told over and over again after having seen what the starter set for call of cthulhu looks like oh, yeah how yeah. good the RuneQuest one is above mm-hmm. that yeah makes me go why am i why do we have to keep waiting? <laughs> I don't care if Europe doesn't have it. Yet. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Europe can wait. Yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> I can. I mean, I stopped long um, ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm being patient. I, you know, yeah, patiently like, impatient. I mean, uh, so when we started, um, Andrew, oh, I can't think of his whole name. Uh, the Hello, uh, Montgomery. Yeah, he hadn't put out the full book for his... Uh, um, the Six Seasons in Sartar? Yeah, Six Seasons of Sartar, thank yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't hadn't put that up on, on DriveThru yet. He was still working on it when we started our mm-hmm. game. Uh, now that I have it, if I ever restart RuneQuest, I think that's the next starting point, is yeah. that one, because that would be yeah. a lot of fun. The uh, Colomar and uh, all those tribes in Apple Lane, I, th- I think are, are great starting locations and i I could see why people some people don't want to use that starting location but i mean it it does what it needs to do i think the people who don't want to use it might be the people who played in glorantha or runequest before and um, they don't want to start again with the kolimar tribe in Mm -hmm. santar and they want to do something different but i think for Everybody coming to Glorenta with this new edition of RuneQuest, yeah, that's a, that's a great place to start. Yeah, um, I actually forgot what the question was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're basically about your game, your own game. Yeah, so right? you you play uh, you're playing the current adventures, which means you're playing in the now of the publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, though I have uh, my role master friend uh, let me a bunch of the old RuneQuest books that he owns. Yeah. Uh, so I have what the lands and peoples of Pavis and the uh, Zolafell Valley, uh, Shadow and the Borderlands, and uh, yeah. the River of Cradles. Yeah, and uh, I have had read, started reading through uh, Borders on the Shadowlands because that's mainly in an adventure book, which, yeah. which is what I was interested in looking at. Though at some point I will get around to reading the other two since... Um, I mean, it's one of those things like I try to read the stuff that will actually show up in my game first. Yeah. And the adventures are just great in that book in, in Sh- Borders in the Shadowlands. And, and so far from my reading, uh, the Smoking Ruins 
are writ uh, and, and other adventures are all kind of written in a similar style, which is very different from uh, most adventures yeah. I, I have read over the years, um, which I particularly like. There, there's a lot of thought put into keeping it very um, sandbox. I guess is the, yeah. the right term for it at this point. Okay, yeah. um, okay. A- allowing as much possibility and player creative thinking when it comes yeah. to adventures. And I really appreciate that. You, you do get that a little bit with the uh, Game Master adventure book as well. But there's a yeah. slight change in structure between yeah. that book and Smoking Ruins. Yeah, and it makes sense to stop a bit more simple or a bit more railroady, or uh, and then grow yeah. more freedom. As I was kind of explaining with each one of those first three posts, like each adventure in that book done in order is fundamentally designed to teach your players not only game mechanics, but aspects of the of Glorantha that are important and set it apart from other fantasy games. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that go? Like, was there any anything that either setting wise or rules wise was there anything that you or your players kind of got stuck on man one of they stuck or on or just didn't like so <laughs> my one player she is playing a, an Arnolda healer yeah uh, so she's basically she she sees herself as kind of like a midwife and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and she is from day one <laughs> completely enamored with just the fact that reproduce exists <laughs> <laughs> and she so as a in-game joke whenever she encounters particularly people who are couples but really anybody <laughs> uh, yeah. every new person she ever meets if the conversation steers in the right direction she'll offer <laughs> to help them bear children you know oh, not uh, like her but she'll make sure that yeah. Yeah, whoever they're with. Uh, (laughs) And I was just like, as a GM, personally, uh, particularly since I have a a bit of a serious, realistic streak when I run, I'm just thankful she's not actually forcing it on people. (laughs) uh, I can only imagine what kind of um, crimes she's committing by doing that. (laughs) Um, In that case. I mean, if... Uh, you said you had problems with people proselytizing, but this is proselytizing. <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of those things like, how'd this happen? I don't know. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> um, it's one of the spells I yeah. use a great effect to with an Anarin character. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She hasn't gotten to use it yet. She just asks everybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did ask the right uh, couple and got very uh, funny results out of that. (laughs) (laughs) What was the other thing that I got enamored with? Yeah, two of my players, uh, both their characters have lost limbs at this point, and they really like that kind of vitriol. The first one, of course, uh, majestically lost it while facing down red eye by himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice and he lost it as part of a red eye pairing his attack i think is is oh, how i got yeah. that too 
Yeah, yeah it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, they didn't. We as a group didn't understand how we attach it. The one rune spell worked, where you can dump yeah six magic points into it to reattach a limb. So he he had to get what was left of the you know because it was just hanging off mostly with by like a little bit of flesh <laughs> since it was like a tusk that went all the way through. Mm-hmm. By the time they got back at, back to Apple and they had like cut that part off and then like uh, somebody in town the the shaman in town because uh, we have an assistant shaman cast a regenerate limb or whatever. Yeah. And that's also when they discovered that regenerate isn't like an instantaneous <laughs> thing; that it takes months. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so he he made an, a, a second character with plans to go back to play that character because that character is the Thane mm-hmm. now. But after you know two three seasons of that character being the Thane and him playing this, so what happened was we all kind of knew this was going to happen when he told us that when he made his character's cousin. He got way better rolling results. Oh. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're like, is. Ben, you're not going back to the other character. He's like, oh, you don't know that. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think five months later or something like that, he, he was like, yeah, so I guess I guess he's just going to become an NPC. Because <laughs> up to that point, he was playing them back and forth. It'd be yeah. Yeah. unless his one character, if his cousin character was talking to the Thane. I would have to take over at that point, but otherwise he would just talk as the thing. He really likes this setting, actually. Uh, he's he's been the most vocal about it. Uh, he loves the fact that becoming a thane is a re- is a possible reward. Yeah. Uh, they all actually really like that kind of aspect of the game in general, where position in society is a tangible reward and, and very attainable. Yeah. So, and, and I haven't heard any bad responses from any of them well you're you're doing something right then <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hope. have you ever uh what well, uh, before the pandemic have you been visiting uh, conventions uh i used to go to the convention here in portland uh every year for i don't know a good five six years uh until yeah. about i think two well at this point three or four oh. years ago um it's kind of gone downhill so oh. I stopped going, uh, but I used to, you know, run convention games all the time, or uh, help run like an art booth or whatever. Uh, I think the last time I was there, I was doing official Shadowrun games for Catalyst or Catalyst, whatever they're called. Was the new fifth edition out by now? By then? Yeah, it was. It was fifth edition. I think it had been out for three or four years, and it was about. Okay. At this, at that point, it was probably about a. It was the same year that they released their rules like game Anarchy. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, the reason I asked was because a lot of the Grantland uh, community has met on conventions, uh, especially special conventions for Granta. And would you consider visiting some uh, something like that? Uh, I mean, I think that'd be uh, a lot of fun. It'd be almost like going away for a weekend LARPing or something yes. <laughs> from some of the some of the descriptions. Yeah, the ones I've I've heard about are mostly in like Australia or Europe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, that that's greatly uh, yeah. based on finance. Yeah, same here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's hard for me to leave Europe. 
says the guy who has the Kraken just next door. Yeah, well, next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I've never been to like uh, Gen Con or, or any of those bigger ones. Um, just small local ones. Well, just, you know, yeah. finances. Yeah, of course. And uh, engagement, I guess, too. I mean, uh, my uh, my yeah. step into the bigger world of role playing started uh, organizing a local convention. So yeah, if you already uh, went through the recommended uh, way of first contact, and you already uh, suggested uh, starting six season of Saga for for another game, if you ever would run another campaign. Uh huh. So um, is there any other uh, thing you would uh, suggest uh, for newbies to do other than going your route? Uh, I know a lot of people suggest playing uh, King of Dragon Pass, the video game, or um, or that six seasons of Sartar uh, game as well. Uh, I six own a ages, copy. <laughs> or yeah, like, that's six yeah, ages. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I own a copy of King of Dragon Pass, but I have not. No, I've owned it for months. I have not played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I think in the last few months I've decided to stop buying video games <laughs> because I have this compulsion to continuously work on stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a giant list of Steam games on which I have never even launched once. So it's Yeah. What do you wish you had known, read, or played when you first encountered Grantha? This can include books that don't even exist. Honestly, I wish I, I, I got a chance to play HeroQuest 2nd Edition Revised. Uh, I, I hear mm. about it a lot. Or I guess I should call it HeroQuest Garantha, because yeah. I think that's what the last yes. book was actually called. I hear about it a lot, and I don't have a ton of experience with story games. Yeah. Uh, and some of the information that we had encountered early on with looking up things about RuneQuest and Garantha got mixed up with that yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit. Um, and so not that we were like disappointed when we found out that those bits are actually for a different game, but um, <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely piqued my interest. And I was greatly saddened by the fact that all the copies that Chaosium uh, had left this for sale in their big warehouse clearance thing yeah. were all in Europe, <laughs> and I couldn't order them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can find them in like secondhand market fairly easily, but uh, I think a lot of people were referring others to those books. Yeah. Because there is no yet, you know, Sartar book or whatever. So I think yeah. I think all those references will go down significantly after the Cults book and the Sartar Homeland box set are yeah. released for Quest. Because yeah. well, well uh, Hero Quest is a different experience gaming wise, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, even more free. It's a lot more uh, free form. You can. Just you just have your ability and do whatever you think uh, might work with it, and the GM is bound to run with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would also say, which I, I don't know if you can actually find it anymore, but the uh, the Kraken Splat book by that uh, Robin yes. the Law put out on how to run adventures in Garantha yeah. Yeah. is at the top of my list of 
every GM should read this <laughs> at this point. Well, um, you know, Robin Laws, anything he wrote is pretty much at the top of most lists. But if you haven't, you should also check his uh, first original game mastering book, which is called Robin Laws, uh, Laws of Game Mastering, I think. I have read that um, one, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's super short, mm-hmm. but... Everything is gold in there, and uh, yeah. uh, anybody should check that one out too. Yeah, I think that's one. That one's at least easier to find <laughs> at this point. Yeah, it's still it's still being sold by uh, Steve Jackson Games. I mean, we'll have a link in the show yeah. notes, like everything else. And I talk I talk to the Kraken uh, people to find a way to re-release uh, Sharp Adventures. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, Hero yeah. Quest uh, as a trademark has gone again. Yeah. So uh, they need to rebrand everything. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know whether they can just uh, replace Hero Quest with Quest Boards and re release it, but maybe. Yeah. I assume once, we, once you do that, there's like, you know, five pages in all the layout goes all to shit and, and you have to spend hours <laughs> um, with the, the layout. Uh, the, the layout <laughs> isn't that complicated for the uh, for the chapbook. <laughs> it really isn't. Well, for the chapbook <laughs> books, maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for the Hero Quest books, yeah, that's, that's a but, uh, but those other um, Hero Quest books are, are a lot, uh, like you mentioned, they're great resources for uh, information in areas that aren't out in the newest edition yet for RuneQuest. Um, I, I pull stuff up on those all the time, um, uh, particularly the Starter Companion and the Kingdom of Heroes. Those those yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, uh, what is it called? Um, the Thunder Tribe or the something. Storm. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah. Occasionally, I pull up on that one too. Yeah, because there's another one called Thunder Tribe, but that's for Hero Wars, which was like the first edition. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything about the setting you would like to have answered by? An old timer. By that we mean a lanker my sage. He's, yeah. he's too humble to describe himself as a. Leading, I mean, do you guys have uh, one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him; he's got a beard. <laughs> Yorga, yeah, Yorg's often in both the forum and Discord. So, <laughs> yeah, can't help it. Uh, you know, you have to give him a, a few hours sometimes because he's. In a different time zone, but you, you definitely yeah, hear from. You, and then you have to give yourself a few hours to read the wall of text yeah, that yeah. you post. Yes, yes. But uh, currently, I don't have any questions. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fine. You're the only one then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none that come to mind. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's tons of stuff well, I don't know, but nothing's well, you coming know, to mind. You know where to find yes. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> <laughs> And and you're you've been great help with you know uh, including other aspects into the game that aren't necessarily Garanthan but more earth based antiquity to add you know more of a realistic feel to the setting you know uh, I mean there's a bunch of people that are that are like that in the yeah in the RuneQuest Garantha community uh, yeah, just it's... because. It's just astounding what kind of expertise gets collected there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I guess if you're to go to game for anthropology and archaeology majors, <laughs> <laughs> it's bound to happen. Yeah. 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 Now we've ta- uh, talked about Rumba. Is there anything you want to advertise from your own material? Uh, I 
do actually. Um, so as I mentioned before, I, I have created a lot of, well, I, maybe not a lot, but I have created game content in the past, uh, that I sell and, um, and most of it is system agnostic so that, you know, you can even maybe drop some of it into uh Garantha if you wanted to. Yeah, I think yeah, the one I know about is the uh, Dungeon Pets, I think. Yeah, Dungeon Pets was a, a big Kickstarter I did um, back in 2020. Uh, it's a common culmination of uh, four years of weekly monster drawing, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, boiled down into this cute product called Dungeon Pets, mm-hmm. um, where uh, it's something like 30 pets uh unique pets uh that you could acquire in game and have as a useful tool while adventuring because they all have you know it's not like a house cat uh it'd be more like cat sith you know this ethereal cat that can steal people's souls as they die (laughs) (laughs) um that's a normal cat uh, well, I mean, it'd be unlike a normal cat. So Cat Sith is not a normal yes. cat. Um, what was another one? There's a, a, a Jelly Bunny, uh, which is one of my earlier monsters, which is, uh, you know, kind of like what if a gelatinous cube-like creature or, or you know, like the jelly creatures from uh, Japanese video games were shaped like bunny rabbits and hopped around, you know. <laughs> and so there's a boar that's the size of of a horse uh that's called a hammer boar uh and it can it uh the suggestion that somebody gave me for that one was like a a mini bullet from D D, and that's why i came up with <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. because i didn't want it to be a bullet from D because i didn't want any copyright issues mm-hmm. uh so i made it cooler <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah for like four years straight i i did what kind of what austin conrad is doing with his monsters of the month yeah uh once a week i would stream online and just create some random monster uh i'd Mm -hmm. start out with like a a random silhouette and uh and and follow this kind of like concept artist technique that i learned in college Mm -hmm. uh, where you take like a just a random squiggled out silhouette and make something out of it and i just make all these random cool creatures and uh i have released like pdfs of uh of some of them uh that you can get on on my site or in drive through same thing with dungeon pets um and then i also put out a pdf that's just all uh different types of jelly creatures so there's a each there's a jelly creature for each type of polygon uh, <laughs> as well as a square one which is a flat one um, but each one has each of the polygon ones has a random roll table for what side they roll onto <laughs> um, and what status effect or whatever happens and then there's a bunch of other ones so like one of the big one at the back is like a, a cosmic uh cosmic jelly which looks like a multicolored shooting star and essentially if that passes through your planet it drops a bunch of 
of the various jelly creatures that are in the book yeah. into your world as it passes. That sums up my previous RuneQuest world. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, only that those creatures were chaos, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the stuff that I've been most well known for, though, has been two products I put out for uh, the game Mothership. The f- both came from a Kickstarter. So I kickstarted a uh, zine for Zine Quest 2 called uh, The Black Pyramid, which is just a an adventure setting or location. I, sh- I probably shouldn't even say adventure. It's an explorable location in space for Mothership. Cool. Yeah, um, nice which is just this uh, pyramid from Earth that's inside a large black crystalline structure that shifts occasionally through space. Oh, nice. Actually, um, for those who don't know, listening to this, Mothership is a, an, like an OSR sci-fi horror game. Yeah, yeah. That's really great. And then uh, because I got so many backers for that, uh, one of the one of the uh, stretch goals was that I just write up a space pirate layer. And originally when I planned that, I was like, Oh, it'll be like three pages. And it turned into 30. <laughs> of course. <laughs> nice. uh, Cause that's how I work. Yeah. Um, and so those two products are pretty, pretty popular and, and well-known in certain circles. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to check them out because I was actually planning to run some mothership soon. So Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I get great responses from both. So. Cool. Well, we'll have a bunch of links in the show notes uh, for people to uh, to check those out and maybe send a few uh, little money your way. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> probably get six dollars from our podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twelve people listening. But yeah, it's cool. all right. That six dollars is going to turn around and buy something for RuneQuest anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I think we are way over time now. Uh, but um, thanks a lot for talking to us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you. Keep drawing ducks. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the God Learner's Glorantan Initiation Series. The intro music is Dancing Tiger by Dams Craig. The outro music is Islam Dream by Serge Quadrado. You can find us online at godlearners.com or on Twitter and Facebook at The God Learners. See you next time. Question everything to the void and beyond.